Welcome to Off The Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy. Hello and uh, welcome to it. Welcome to Off The Bench. Wow, what a week it has been in the wonderful world of rugby league. That's right. Rugby league. Uh, Welcome to the show, Scotty Sattler. How are you feeling? You've been crook all week. Yeah, apparently I've had buffetitis. Is that is that the Bratus buffetitis? It Bratus means when you buffet. visit multiple se- separate multiple <coughs> buffets right. in a short amount of time. Yeah, right. Okay, and that's what I've been doing. Yep. Right. Yeah. No, I've just been. Yeah, I've had some man flu. Again, my wife doesn't understand. She talks about oh, childbirth, but you know, I just go. Listen, this is the worst. My whole family has had. Do you this. know? Someone said to me. Well, I was at a. Dinner not so long ago, and one of the are you name dropping here? One of the wives, no, one of the wives was talking about how bad childbirth is, and I was. Well, you can't, we can't do this. Yeah, no, but I said, listen, <laughs> when I got circumcised, I couldn't walk for eleven months. <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. What a start to the show. <laughs> no, listen, I wouldn't want to be a female giving birth to children. Not on your life. Sats, uh, big show today. New South Wales legend. Bradley Clyde caught up with you and uh, Rats. Great guy. During the week. Uh, Chris Nelson, it's the end to the Winter Carnival in Queensland for racing. What a way to finish, too. Stratty. Absolutely. He's got a couple of tips, Stradbroke Day, that are around $18 or $20. A couple of roughies. Yeah, good. Good, Mm. good, good. Did he talk about my wonderful Prince of Boom during the week winning on the weekend? did not. What a wonderful horse Mm. that is. Uh, let's start our running hot segment for Ream Manufacturing in Australia for over uh, 80 years, I guess. Um, the big news off uh, the top is that Tino Fasua Malaawi has been cleared from that Thursday night game uh, with that unfortunate accident hit on Appy Corusau, who's fractured his jaw in two places. Um, obviously, it's been seen as an accident, and accidents happen in contact sports sets. Yeah, well, he's he's had a little bit of history with leading with one of the arms, and it's usually not the ball carrying arm. Tino, he uses it as a bit of a bumper bar. So if any player's going to get up around the ball and try and wrap their arms around his shoulders, he puts the bumper bar up and says, "No, get out of my way." Now, I always think if you're not willing to bend your back and you're going to try and get up around the ball, which can sometimes ricochet up around the head, if you're going to cop a forearm, unfortunately, you're going to cop a forearm. But the NRL are trying to frown against it. They fined him previously. Now, the situation on Thursday night against the Tigers is that the ball-carrying arm is the one where Appy comes in contact with. So he doesn't lead with it. He doesn't throw it out to try and push the player away. Contact is made with the ball-carrying arm, the forearm. He's a six-foot-six man, six-foot-five, and quick as well. Makes contact, direct contact with Appy's mouth and breaks his jaw, like you said. But then after the action, his his arm comes out. Now, that's a natural reaction when you've, you've got impact. You try and push it away. There's nothing wrong with what he's done. And the NRL, I think, have rightfully – take your allegiances away. Just be a rugby league fan. I think they've rightfully uh, said that he has no case to answer. So he'll be available for Origin too. My only my only question around that is that it seems to be a different rule if you're attacking than defending. If that was, If that was a tackler – hitting someone in the jaw like that. It was it was arm on, on head or on jaw. Would that be seen uh, – is it taken more lightly because he's an attacking player? Yeah, and you've absolutely. Got, yeah, and that's, that's only – I mean, accidents happen in defence as well. Yeah, but if you're going to make contact with someone's head and it breaks their jaw as a defender, you are making contact with your forearm, your shoulder, 
um, which is illegal. If if by accident that you're running to tackle a player and their jaw hits the, the middle of your sternum and just through pu- pure force and power you break their jaw, it's play on. Okay. Yeah. So use any part of the arm or shoulder in defence – well, they'll get you for reckless or intentional. As a New South Welshman, not that I'm happy with the decision. I'm happy for Tino, uh, and he is now free to play for Queensland. I, I tell you what, I, I feel really sorry for Appy. He's a he's a great young guy, and has forced his way back into the Origin side, especially a starting position as well. And now to lose that going into such an important game, I really feel for him. I think he's having surgery. Yeah, Friday having surgery on that on that jaw. So I feel sorry for Appy. I really do, but. It, it it throws possibly the whole selection process for Freddie into this a massive quandary. Well, well, yeah, and and no doubt Tino would feel pretty bad for Appy as and well. And there's He's reports a, that Cody Walker won't play. Well, let's let's have let's talk this about week. that. Uh, Cleary's out. Cam Murray and Latrell still in doubt. We don't know where they're sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've attempted to contact Cam Murray. I've offered to help with his groin uh, after the Barfay incident. He said no. Hmm. So, yeah, that was probably not the right thing for me to do in hindsight. Uh, Appy Coracell, as we say, is now out. He's out for about six weeks. Not bad when you've broken your jaw in two places. Uh, Tim Sheens has said that. He reckons he'll be out for about six weeks. Uh, and Jake Travojevic, there's still – we don't know how he's uh, how he's going. Actually, we don't even know how Tommy's going. Hmm. Uh, and also RCG. Um, there's – there's a lot of and what you're saying, Cody Walker now is not fit. Well, he he left the field. He left the field at training. Was it yesterday? Um, with a quad strain, so he didn't finish the the session. Now it, it's not official yet that he's not playing, but well, it might be. Like I've, I've been trying to find out whether there's whether it's. Yeah, but let's say okay, but let's say he's fit for Oregon because yep. he hasn't been ruled out. Who? Uh, is he a, is he a chance at number six? And does does Absolutely Luai, and what, so do you get rid of Luai, who was one of New South Wales' probably better players, uh, purely based on combinations? Because I I don't like this whole combination thing. They're all extremely g- good players, right? Combinations only work if you've got success in the past together. Yeah, but I also I mean think- at origin level because the reason why Queensland were dominant for so long is. They had the best players in the game. Melbourne but, Storm, Brisbane Broncos. But as a combination yeah. at origin level, they had a lot of success. So it was very easy for Queensland just to continually pick them because yeah. they're the best players and they're a great combination. But you don't pick combinations. You do pick combinations to, to minimise the amount of preparation you have to do because they just know each other. They just talk to each other. They know their calls, all that sort of stuff. But... If you're not, if you don't have sustained success with the combinations, you can't yeah. continue to pick them. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Well, I said to you last week. I think the the Penrith combination can actually hurt New South Wales because it excludes the other players. And and I'll use the Australian team as an example. You've got a mixture of New South Wales and Queensland players. That seems to work. Mm. Having said that, you'd think Cook will come in for Appy right? Or do you risk putting Braden Braley into into a game? Well, if Nico's number seven, but yeah, but then you go. But but Cook is the best number nine in the game right now. You even said you saw him against the Gold well, he's Coast not the last best week. Number nine. Harry Grant's the best number. Well, nine. sorry for New South Wales, but you saw him play against the Titans last week, and you said, "Geez, his ball delivery is fast." Oh, it's the best in the comp. But in saying that, this is a. It's interesting how Freddie's going to go here. He's either got to take the biggest risk in his short coaching career and make four or five changes. He's going to have to. To a New South Wales side 
that's going to Suncorp Stadium, who haven't won game two after losing game one for 25 years. Oh, crap stat. Yeah. Yep. But, um, but their backs are against the wall. So Freddie can either go the safe route. It's never safe at origin, but I'm just going to use that for argument's sake and pick guys that have been there before that are still playing well. So you've got Damien Cook. You've got, say, Cody Walker if, if Cody's going to be fit. And those sort of guys that have, have had a taste of origin before, and admittedly Cody hasn't played a lot of origins, but he's old enough and mature enough now to understand big occasions. Um, or do you go Do you go the – Not in a decider. Well, th- this is – No, the, you don't do that. This is the decide, decision that – this it's all in. <clears throat> he's got to push all his chips in Isn't here, that what Freddie? Gus wants anyway? I'm, if I'm hearing stories, I'm hearing rumours that Mitch Moses is – uh, is a contender for the number seven jersey. I'm just reading on the text line now. Sources for the Daily Telegraph, which sometimes aren't <laughs> yeah, great. Right. Yeah, okay. Cody Walker has been withdrawn okay. for, for Saturday's game. Well, there you go. Maybe, yeah. But that doesn't mean he's not available for origin. But the th- the thing I'm hearing, let's let's work out the number seven spot. I'm hearing Mitch Moses is a chance. Please, we're not going down that path again. You, you, you'd, even though Reynolds has lost a lot of pace, you'd have to consider Reynolds... Before you consider Mitch Moses, why are we not even just saying, Nico Hines, you are the number seven. He's been in camp with the team. He's the Dalian player of the year in that position. He um, he is one of the form players in the comp. He should be given the chance to play in the number seven. Well, he's a lot more mature now. It's seven years since he's played Origin. And players want to play with him, Sats. Yeah, so you know, it, it's difficult to... It's difficult to see which way Freddie's going to go. Um, and if Cody Walker is, then he'll ha- he have to run the gauntlet with Nico Hines and, and Jerome Luai in the halves. You'd think um, Campbell Graham would come into the centres. If Luttrell's fit, he'd be in the centres. He might pick Luttrell at six. Well, Joey's talking about that. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that... What's Gus want? Let's find out what Gus Gould well, wants. the best thing that Freddie can do is not talk to too many people. The best thing Freddie yeah. can do is... Sit amongst both himself, Brian Alexander, and Danny Badiris, the brains trust of that that selection panel there and process for New South Wales, and just trust themselves, trust their knowledge in the game. And I'm, I mean, Freddie knows Origin better than all of us. So, yeah, I know. So I know. he'll he'll make the decision, and yeah, you know, I I just hope he doesn't talk to too many people for just for the game's sake. For well, look what happened sake. in game one when Tavita Pangai Junior was picked. Mm. You know what I mean? So I, I think he's got a great mind in Joey Johns there. He's got Brandy Alexander. Seriously, he's got some great minds around him. I'm, I'm thinking Tavita was was a selection based on opinions. Yes, from yeah. an outsider. So but right for, from a Queensland point of view, I hope they pick as close as possible to the same team as game one. Um, the Queensland team? Or the Blues. New South Wales. Well, they can't. They've got too many no, injuries. No, what I'm saying is close as humanly possible. Um, but, you know, as, to try and be neutral for the sake of the show and yep. and the role that we play. And one, I'm glad Tino got off. I think it's the right call. Uh, two, I, I'd love to see Nico get a shot because he's yep. the Dally M halfback of the year and he's yep. been in really good form this year for a majority of the year. So it would make sense that Nico would be the number seven. But just because you're the best player doesn't make mean that you're an origin player. No, absolutely, but he should be given a crack. Mm. He should absolutely. What, what about Queensland's point of view? I'm sorry, we spent all this time on New South Wales. Who replaces uh, Jai Arrow? Who, by the way, is a massive loss for South. Huge. And, and 
earlier this year, I think I even said this to you, Sats, that Souths miss Jai Arrow a lot. A lot, particularly in the middle. Well, he's quick. He's tough. He's got a, an offload. So who comes in for him? So the, the two the two injuries, of course, is to Tom Gilbert. Yep. And I think Kafusi uh, will come in there. And I think... Well, hang on. Is he playing tonight against the... Uh, sorry. Is he playing against Manly? You see, he could be suspended. But no, no I'm just joking. Joke, no, so Kafusi so can no, play. Now that you're saying that, he's... We did the obviously we did the team list during yep. the week. I'm just looking at that game. They're playing tonight. Yep. And Kafusi is not playing, so yeah, he's right. still suspended. So you can't pick him. Well, you, you can. You he's, can pick him. He's been out for too long. I mean, yeah, but but we've seen his form for the Dolphins. And who else then? Who else is there? Well, you got Kate. Well, because he can play outside backs as well. There you go. Makes sense. Okay. No, Corey Horsburgh. He's no. been playing back row. No, I think the person that comes in for, I think the person that comes in is is. Possibly Christian Welsh for okay. Jai Arrow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Jeez. It's not bad depth, is it? Yeah, it's really good. And there'd be no other changes to Queensland, barring injuries this weekend. Exactly. And yeah. I hope there aren't any. Mm. You know, I mean, you don't want to see players about to get injured. Jeremiah Nanai or Nanai? Yeah, yeah. I've heard about that. His form over the last couple of weeks has been absolutely well, he came outstanding. came back last week and was outstanding yeah. for the Cowboys. Yeah, he was. When they smashed Melbourne. So Nanai may come in for... That right side where he plays for uh, Tom Gilbert, a uh, Healam Lukey may come in. I think Christian Welsh will come in, and but I think Kate. Well, because of the scenario they found themselves in in the first game, they didn't have anyone that can really play in that centre position. Yeah, do you? Um, yeah, I, I just incredible. A couple of years ago, was saying worst Queensland team ever. No, no depth. Look at the depth Queensland has now, and that's the reason why the whole pick and stick argument is because historically Queensland haven't had a gluttony of players to pick from. So they've picked the likes of your Nate Miles, for example, who wasn't playing and he knew he wasn't playing well week in, week out. But Mel used to call him and say, Hey Nate, you ready to go? He go, I'm ready coach. He'd be one of the best players. 32 origins later. Yeah. You know, so that's the reason why Queensland didn't have to do the whole pick and stick this year is because there's, there's finally depth for Queensland ability to pick from. Yeah, good, good points. That's, uh, we'll find out a lot more come Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Billy might not even name the team till Tuesday. He's got till Tuesday, but more than likely on Monday for both teams to, yeah. to be announced for State of Origin 2. I know you're pretty upset about Parramatta players, Sats, and what's, yeah. been, what's been going on at the Eels this week when it comes to, to Dylan Brown. I've missed this. What's happened? I'm really disappointed with the Parramatta's management team. And... The reason being is because it is such a sensitive matter, this whole Dylan Brown situation, and you don't want players to get involved publicly in it. One, they don't have the mindset and the knowledge and the intelligence to comment on things of that nature that are before the courts. So the two bits of audio we're going to play here. Now, the first bit of audio is Clint Gutherson and Sean Lane being interviewed and being asked about Dylan Brown and the, and the situation that he finds himself in with the, the charges, the five charges against him. Everyone makes some mistakes sometimes. He knows what he's done wrong. He probably regrets it, but um, something you've got to move, live from, learn from, and, and move on. Now, what the allegations at the moment? To say that publicly, first and foremost, the players are, and everyone will say, "Listen, they're mature. They're grown men. They throw them out in front of the media because you know they should have to be able to have the intelligence to talk like grown adults." But this is a sensitive matter, and the Parramatta management 
should have never allowed the players no. to comment on something like that. Wow. The basic response is, we're not going to talk about that at all. It's before the courts, and we'll yeah. let the courts sort that out, and we'll let our CEO and our general manager or our media manager yeah. make comments of that nature. Let's talk about the game. But instead, to make a comment like that, it's more or less throwing your own player under the bus. It's more, or less, it's more, it's saying like I've got knowledge, and I'm just going to say, oh, he's made a mistake, and and hopefully he learns from that. That is, that is, I've never heard that before. Yeah, and that is incriminating. It's, it's, it's a horrible response. So, it's a thing called crisis management. We're in, we're in a crisis. We've got to manage the situation, and so. To be able to say to those players before you meet any media, as soon as he was charged, Dylan Brown, the first thing is from your media manager and your CEO is to say... We can't talk about that. It's before the courts. When you're asked about it? Yep. You just, you just say nothing. It's before the yep. courts. Let's move on. Let's talk yep. about the game. So that's really disappointing. And then the next little bit of audio only goes for about two seconds, but this is while Sean Lane's being interviewed. This is some of the players at their training facility behind closed doors that can be heard while being interviewed. How's he been around? So they're making cat and dog noises, which... Why? You would, well... Hang on, th- can I hear it again? How's he been around? We don't know whether they're doing that towards Sean Lane or whether they're doing it towards the media as if to say, yeah, your dogs, your cats, go away. Yeah, just leave us alone. You're more or less, you're, mm-hmm. you're low humans. So... Parramatta, How old are these guys? Parramatta, grow up. Okay? Yeah. You've got, one, you've got a player in a really sensitive position at the moment. Um, you should have respected that position that he was in. Absolutely. Because what players don't understand is they think they can comment on things of, of, of this gravity of uh, something as, as, as sensitive as this. Yeah. But you've got skilled journalists who will corner you yeah. any way they can. No, stop it. So... Are you saying journalists would use some unethical ways of cornering people? I never thought so. It's disappointing. That. It's really disappointing Mate, that, that the players responded the way they have in both occasions. And maybe the Eels should focus on getting their their season turned around, where they're currently sitting in thirteenth position with six wins. Mm. You know, that's that's focus on that, and not on stuff that is out of your control. That that's as you would say, Sats. That's the susting. <laughs> What about uh, Tim Sheens has offered a new deal to Luke Brooks? Still a million dollars, but over two years. Yeah. I reckon that is a great option. Absolutely. Unfortunately, Thursday a great night, offer, I should say. tore his hamstring. He's playing really well, Luke Brooks. And he has been playing well the last few weeks. Uh, and because it seems as though that Brandon Wakeham has taken a lot of that pressure off him, just said, you run, pass and run and kick. That's all you need to do. And he's played really well. So, yeah, reportedly $500,000 a year. I think it's actually on the money for a halfback that has, has never steered his club to a final series. Yep. And I think if you sat back and looked at it at 28 years of age, he's still got a lot of rugby league left in him. So unfortunately with the, the, the torn hamstring, he doesn't get to, I suppose, sell himself to other clubs as well. But I think 500 to 600 is right on, on the money. He either stays at the Tigers and be a one-club player. Or go overseas. Right? Or yeah. a new start sometimes breathes really good energy and adrenaline into a player. UK Super League, I think, is right up. He, he could Luke get a Brooks. he could get a mill a year in the UK Super League, couldn't he? No, Close to it? no, no, no. He wouldn't get that. But what he be, what he would do is play a really enjoyable brand of rugby league, and still earn really good money while doing it.
Rightio. With less pressure. Okay. This is off the bench. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here uh, today. That Manuka honey's going very well, mate. Back in a moment. We'll look at Thursday night footy. We'll review that shortly. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. They win the scrum here, the Titans. Tanner Boyd gives it to Campbell. Campbell now to Kelly. Kelly to Brimson. Brimson with the dummy. Brimson goes himself and Brimson scores. The Titans are in. The weight of possession. And AJ Brimson in game number 100 gets the Titans on the board. 4-0 with a kick to come. And there's an offload oh, out of nowhere to Bateman. Bateman ball oh, back on the inside of Brimson. Oh, tackle. Mo oh, Fodawaka has absolutely monstered him. A metre out from the line, under the whack dot, northern end of the ground. Simpton short ball, Clemmery's over the line, going to get it down? Yes, he did. He gets it down, the referee's going to point to the spot, David Clemmer gets a try. That could Four have been Alex with a Walsh, kick to come. Yeah. It could have been Alex Clark. Could have been Alex. Now through the hands of Fasumala Awi Liu, out the back to Tanner Boyd. Short ball to Cleese Haas, who scores. What about the pass from Tanner Boyd? He held it up, gave it to Haas, the Titans. Back in front, 8-6 with a kick to come. Still going, AJ. Grub a kick too deep. Is it in the gallery? No! It's not. Jaden Campbell has come from nowhere to score the try. The Titans in again. The future of the Titans. AJ Brimson to Jaden Campbell. Titans line, 16-6. The Titans over the Tigers. That's for Harvey. Oh! John Bateman. <laughs> He's knocked him into the hinterland. Wowee. 12 metres out from the line. Last here for the Gold Coast Titans. Verrill's out of acting half. Gives the ball to Tino for Suamala Awi, who strolls over for the try. But what about the pass from Sam Verrill's? He put it on a platter. Just to the right of centre field. Dummy's left comes right. Wakeman. Oh, Jaden Campbell. Foot race. Campbell over the 30. Here comes Brooks. Here Buller. comes Buller. Buller. Brooks has done a hammy chasing. Brooks has done a hammy and Buller picks him up and makes the tackle. Ten out from the line. But Luke Brooks has done. Now it comes to Brimson. Brimson towards the goalpost. Unmarked man on his outside. Phillips Army scores the try. 26-6 with a kick to come, but Luke Brooks has done a hemi on the chase, and the Titans lead by 20. Buller, he's drifting across field, oh, pushes away from Fasua Malawi. He's going to race away and score. No, Brimson with a try save. Did he roll over and score? Yes, I think he rolled over oh, and scored. Oh, try. Oh. What an effort from AJ Brimson, but what a try from Jareem Buller. And they take the tap and then kick it into touch, and that is full time. The Titans get a win at Seabus Stupa Stadium on a Thursday night, full time. The Gold Coast 28, but defeated the West Tigers 12. So good to see him hang on for a win, Sat. So I was getting a bit nervous for him there in that second half. Yeah, when the they West started Tigers, to get a bit of yeah. momentum, didn't they, the Tigers? But the Tigers weren't good. I thought they were scratchy. They looked slow and lethargic. Titans looked really quick, but again, I, I don't think. Justin Holbrook would be overly impressed, but with the positions they've been in, you just get a win any way you can. They've got the bye this week. This is their third bye this next weekend, the Titans. South and the Broncos haven't had a bye yet. I know. They've had three bye. Whoever, whoever enabled that system. Well, you know who. 
Volandis would have done the, the, the whole draw. They put it into some computer and it Dexter. spits out some. Dexter. Yeah, I mean, how match. many relationships did not get right? They can't well, get the been, NRL draw, right? has been working since the mid-'80s, <laughs> so Dexter needed to be dusted cheap. off. Yeah. <laughs> it was cheap. So, yeah. AJ good. Tino good. Yeah, it was a really good effort by the Titans overall. Uh, Tino, outstanding. AJ Brimson, amazing. He was the difference, AJ. Uh, Tanner Boyd, really good. Jaden Campbell at 5'8", was was really, really dangerous. And Philip Summy, he ran for something like 290 metres. Yeah, wow. Yeah, had a good game. Yeah, well done to the Titans. They finally hung on for one. I thought, very quickly before we go, I thought, again, the Tigers just lacked direction inside the attacking 20. They just, even when Brooks was there, mm. they just they just don't have the playmakers. No, they, they don't. They just, they look lost. They don't know where to go. And yeah, no, they just, they look sloppy in attack. You heard us yell all at once. It was Mark Braybrook, <clears throat> myself and Matty Rogers. It was when, um, it was... Tino Fasul Malawi absolutely smashed one of the Tigers. Uh, John Bateman. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> His family in the UK felt it. Uh, yeah, they, he probably landed back on their couch. Yeah. This is Off the Bench, back in the moment, uh, with your chat with Bradley Clyde from during the week. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. About eight metres short of the halfway. They're on the last tackle now, the Queenslanders. As Langer puts in a little step and again, and then gives the pass back to Benny Elias, who offloads for Bradley Clyde. Clyde, he's going to score. Clyde, he gets the first try. That famous running style rat of Bradley Clyde. 19 tests for Australia, 12 origins for New South Wales. He's one of the great loose forwards of all time. We all tried to emulate him as Mm. kids. And then you realise you looked at his... His age, and he was only like a year older than you. Yep. That's what was weird about <laughs> Raiders and Bulldogs lock forward. Uh, Brad Clyde joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Clyde? Scott, Matt, I'm really well. What about you guys? Really well. Yeah, love really of life. Well. It's uh, footy season and origin time. We're all pretty excited, mate. I, I've got to ask you, are you, a, are, you a anxious, are you anxious before origins as a spectator? Are you, are you a better spectator than you were a player pre-game? Yeah, I, I think um, just being a former player and so much emotional attachment to the, the Blues or whichever side it is, you, you get revved up um, just talking about the, the, everyone that I bump into at work is, is hyped up about the game. So, yeah, you, you can't help but feel completely engaged. What were you like before a game, Clyde? Were you a, were you a nervous player? Or were you fidgety? Or you, know, you look at guys like Alfie Lang and they said that if you didn't vomit before a game, you didn't... You'd, you worried. You were worried because... <laughs> That's when his, his sign was that he was on. What was what were you like before a game? I was relatively nervous and, and just focused around what my role in, in the team was, what we'd practised all week and and um, the message from the, the coach or the coaches. Um, so, yeah, every game I was nervous, no matter who we were playing, um, whether it was a grand final, whether it was just a... Um, uh, one of the the, the the team that was coming last. It didn't matter. It uh, I, I sort of applied myself in the same way and approached each game um, with probably the, the same intensity. With those big games, you, you can't help but get caught up in in the emotion of it all and um, uh, and all, all the hype that you, you see. You captivated all the different promotions that you do, and along with um, if, if you're watching. TV or any of the media that you consume, you do get caught up in it and you, you try not to get 
carried away with um, all you need to do is, is keep your eye on the prize, keep your um, uh, just uh, make sure that you understand your role and, and, and focus on that. Yeah, mate, I, 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 under, I completely agree. It gets a bit hectic. You're surrounded by that media storm. Mate, tell me, Origin Camps, like I remember being in camp and having a ball, you know, the banter and the buffets and the hotels. What do you miss the most? Is it the buffets? Is it the banter? Is it the blokes? Is it, you know, what, what do you miss the most about the Origin Camps that you're a part of? Well, it, it, to be fair, Matt, it, it, it's got to be night one and two of, of Origin <laughs> Camps. We're pretty damn amazing. So um, I, I'm sure you've heard uh, some incredible stories. Well, a lot of those stories occurred on night one or two where you come into camp. These blokes that you, know, you probably played against them a day or so before, but um, suddenly you, you, you thrust into to, to battle with each other and you've got a, uh, they call them bonding sessions. Well, we did exactly that, and um, in a short space of time, it brought people together. And and um, uh, so, yeah, there's some of those um, those friendships that you you've developed through that period, and, and uh, jumping into the trenches with each other is pretty special. Yeah, Clyde, nineteen when you selected to play Origin in nineteen eighty nine. I know you were playing in a very successful side. You're heading towards some, some bigger things later on in the year with the Raiders with so many great players around you. But at 19, playing Origin for the first... Did you feel like you were ready? Oh, I, you know, playing that first Origin game at Lane Park, mind you, um, I don't think you anyone would feel that you're completely ready. Uh, but I'd been playing... I, I played first grade at 18 and, and then thrust into the... the I'd, I'd played City Country uh, a, a couple of weeks prior and, and felt as though I competed pretty well. That gave me a bit of confidence to take the next step and, and throw on the Sky Blue jersey. Well, um, and, and when that came, Jack Gibson had a plan for us all and there was nine debutants on, on the, the night. Um, it was all pretty new and fresh and... and um, a wonderful experience, but unfortunately, we we got beat, but uh, and got beat three 0 that series, which wasn't a, a, a great start for us. But um, they persisted with myself and a number of others in year year two. Uh, so eighty uh, nine was my um, debut year, and then um, nineteen ninety we started the the fight back. You know, the, uh, um, we uh, I, I think we won the next four out of the next five. Yeah, yeah, it was a successful run there for New South Wales, mate. Did it make it easier having teammates like Lazo and Laurie in the side with you as a young fella? Oh, it sure does. And, and just the idiosyncrasies of, of um, playing each, with each other week in and week out, and particularly around that halves, I had Laurie and, and Ricky um, next to us. So you sort of knew their style of play and whenever they went to the line, or you, you just had that... Uh, sixth sense that something was on, and but um, plus the bragging rights against the Queenslanders that were also in our side. It was uh, yeah. Walters and Meninga and Belcher and Jacko, and you know the list goes on. Uh, Gary Coyne. So those bragging rights at training was um, uh, particularly in those early times. It was everything for us. What was that like, Clyde? Yeah. So you, you play Wednesday night, for example. Just say New South Wales win. 
and you go back to training, whether it's Thursday, Friday, and Timmy Sheens is doing his best to keep everyone, yeah, everyone in the same frame of mind. Is there is there sledging going on? Yeah, so on a personal level, when you bring back to training, it, it, it means everything, how you perform. So, and for me, it was uh, you know, a lot of it's ego that um, <laughs> you want your uh, teammates to understand that you can play. Uh, here I am, a, a, a young bloke, doing your best and, and trying to carve out a career in rugby league. Well, I, I wanted Mal to know that um, I, I could play. I, I wanted, uh, you know, all the. Peter Jackson, Steve Walters, Gary Coyne, all the Gary Belcher, all the Queenslanders to know that you know I, I could play and I contributed um, to the New South Wales win. Um, so that was really important to us, uh, particularly as a, a young player gathering confidence to be able to um, take the next step. And and um, yeah, so it was it was really important. And then there was uh, that whole benchmarking process of uh, understanding where you were at as an individual so uh, for but um we did have one of the best sledges in the game with sticky and uh <laughs> throwing on a sky blue jersey and, and Laurie uh, used to go pretty good as well so you know when whenever we did have a win we made sure the queenslanders knew it did you have to watch what you said to, to mel i mean everyone'd be scared <laughs> yeah. of mel wouldn't they <laughs> well uh, no uh, to be fair it was a really um uh, it, it was really mixed because we knew that um, super scared of Mal and he, ultimately he's your captain and boss, but we used to give it to him as well. <laughs> just like um, spoiled kids when we, when you won, uh, it was um, you just had some ammunition, so you just uh, gave him every, full throttle. Yeah, mate, just talking about those idiosyncrasies that you mentioned, having Loz and, and Ricky in the halves... Given New South Wales were in a situation where they had that combination with Luai and uh, Clear, they're not going to have it this game. Do you think they make a wholesale change there and bring in a Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds? Or do you think that they stick with what they've got in there? Have you, have you got an opinion on that? Uh, I, I think um, I think Nico Hines is a good option. Um, I, I, I'm really impressed with... Cronulla and the way they've been playing over the last couple of years. I've, I've actually enjoyed watching them play and, and Nico's been a, a big part of the way they've approached the game. I I, I, I like the, the structure of the, the way the footy's being played these days, but I also like the, the players that um, instinctively know that there's something on when um, that, that they, they see a, uh, only four players in front of them instead of five. So there's a gap there somewhere and they call someone with them and so those players for me they're the footy players yeah the, the footy players I, I and the more footy players i think you have in the team the better i think the team goes and the more chances of, of winning um so i think um yeah i i think it'd be worth the any risk that you um for nico hines to have a crack i i, I think it'd be worthwhile yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's certainly a footy player, isn't he? He's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Now, Jared Croker, 300 games this Friday night, Clyde. You must love seeing a player that's given everything his whole career to, to the one club, especially a club that's close to your heart. Yeah, sure is. It's great to see the Raiders in, uh, in the top eight, uh, currently at six. 
had a slow start to the season, and, and some of that's probably because uh, Jared wasn't in the team. Um, adds a lot of direction and stability to the team. And um, a really good club man that's you know played 300 games, um, given it his all, and, and uh, uh, I, I'm a really good leader uh, amongst men. So I, I sort of um, I, I take my hat off to anyone to throw uh, to put the boots on 300 times in, in the NRL deserves a lot of respect and, and uh, Jared, I, I, he's done a lot for the Canberra Raiders and um, uh, through a time where we probably looking for a, a lot of success and, and uh, it hasn't quite come, he, he's week in and week out delivered and, and uh, given his best. Yeah, he's a good man, good man off the field as well. Yeah. Now, before we let you go, recently elected Deputy Chair of the Charitable Foundation, Family of League, of course, formerly Men of League. How's how's it all going with Family of League? Give us an update. Yeah, everything's tracking well. We've um, it's a good fit for me, gents. I've um, uh, I've got an executive career, but my kids are a little bit older. I've got a little bit more time to commit, and and the rugby league communities, um, as you know, you've, you've lived it. it it's a, a wonderful community, and anyone within that community, if they fall on hard times, just put your hand up and, and try and help them out as much as you can. And and um, so if I can be a part of that week in and week out and deliver a, a service of, um, to, to help people, I'm really looking forward to, to that. I've, I've been a, a board member for the last two years and and uh, and loved it. So um, as deputy chair, I'm um, looking forward to that increased in volume now that I've, I've got a little bit more time up my sleeve. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you know, before we come on air, Rat, you didn't hear Clyde, he apologised to me in 1998. He knocked me out and I spent two days in Cootamundra Hospital. Is that right? You didn't hear that apology, did no, you? No, yeah, no, yeah, no. A, I didn't. Yeah, we didn't get that on air. I wasn't aware of that. So no, if I can... <laughs> Officially apologise now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice Clyde. It's nice great, great catching up with you. Great catching up with you. Talking about your career and also your thoughts on Origin. It's um, it's always great to have the great players on, and you oh, certainly absolutely. were one of those. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. I love the program. Thanks, gents. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Yeah, it's uh, Chris Nelson who joins us each and every week to get his tips for this weekend, and he is excited this weekend especially because it is one of the premier events for Queensland Racing, Chris Nelson. And don't forget, what are you really gambling with? The Stradbroke, it's finally here. Sats, I am pumped. It's the grand final for us uh, Queenslanders. It's the Stradbroke Handicap. Group 1 Stradbroke, the Group 1 JJ Atkins. We've got a heap of other group races. The Q22, the Brisbane Cup, the Dane Ripper and the Gunsin for the three-year-olds. And we've got three listed races as well. So all races on Saturday are stakes races or black tight races. So we're looking forward to those. What can we expect? I mean, outside of that, is there some some horses that are flying under the radar on Saturday that uh, we may hear a little bit more about with weeks and years to come? Well, I reckon there is one. He's not flying under the radar, this horse, Sats, but in race six, the Q22, number three, without a fight. Now, he is an import. He's had two starts in Australia. His first start in Australia, he went around in the Melbourne Cup last year and was beaten 20 lengths. 
Uh, it's a tough race, the Melbourne Cup, so we're happy to forgive that. Yeah. He had a break, and then he returned uh, at Eagle Farm two weeks ago, and he was super impressive. He was out the back. Even in the straight, he was out the back of the field against the fence, and then just all of a sudden took off at about the 250-metre mark, reeled in the leader and just shot away. He showed a really good turn of foot. He's in this Q22 on Saturday. It's a tougher race. I think he'll measure up. And I think he's one we can follow in the spring. So he'll need to win this if he's going to measure up to better races in the spring down south. So I think he's one worth watching, and I think he'll win. And I'm going to make him the best bet, race six, number three. Yeah, nice. Nice. I like it. Now, before we get to your tips over the weekend, yep. where else? Where else are we racing over the weekend? We are racing We are racing at Aquas Park on the poly track at the Gold Coast on Saturday. We're racing at Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone, and we're racing at Townsville up uh, in the north, and we race at the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. A couple of uh, country tracks uh, with uh, cup meetings, non-tab meetings, and they are Gaindar and Injun. So cup meetings there. Also meetings at Moran Bar and Richmond and Bar Calden as well. If you're in any of those areas, they're not tab meetings, but there'll be great days out. Yeah, the Gaindar, I'm really interested about about the Gaindar one. Like I said to you before, I've been there, and it's yep. it's uh, the citrus capital, and it's up around Mandabra. There's Gaindar. Just like helping me, yeah, then Mundubra is just after Gaindar, I think it is. But it's a beautiful part of the world, beautiful part of Queensland. Now, yep. let's get your tips over the weekend. All right. Track good, weather fine, perfect, uh, low 20s to mid 20s, sunshine, nothing but. So it'd be a great day. Now, I've got a couple of roughies here, and mm-hmm. I've got, a, uh, I've got a one in the Stradbroke. Well, I've got two here, and you'll like these. Race eight, number nine's not a roughie, and that's think about it in the Stradbroke. I think he will be too good for them. He's won eight of nine. I think he really should have been unbeaten. Look back at his defeat. He was very unlucky. So you could have had a horse going into the Stradbroke here unbeaten. I think he'll be winning. Race eight, number nine. Now, the two roughies. Race four, the Brisbane Cup, number 12, Yafet, is around $20 plus. Mm. Uh, he is just busting. Two miles is going to be absolutely perfect for him. He's only run at 2,400 and 2,500. That's the furthest he's been, and each time he's only been warming up late. So he'll be hitting the line strongly. So race four, number 12 each way, you're fit. And the JJ Atkins is a very, very open race, and for that reason, I'm going with one at value again, around the $20 mark. Number nine in race seven, that's Californian. Comes out of the size produce a couple of weeks ago, made good ground, and another one that will be suited stepping up to uh, a longer distance, 1,600 metres. So we'll back both of those two each way. And the two better things are race six, number three, and race six, number nine. Uh, yep. Race eight, number nine. Sorry. Nice. Nice. I love it. Now, uh, this weekend, the weather is looking perfect, uh, as it yes. has been over the last few weeks. Expecting a massive crowd, I would be thinking, Chris O. Oh, yeah. It's always uh, well, it's the biggest day of the year. That's uh, Stradbroke Day in Queensland, and that's when the crowd does come out. And when you can go to the races, you don't have to worry about taking an umbrella or getting wet or getting blown all around the place. And the weather's perfect. Well, that uh, that appeals to a lot more people, probably more more so the ladies. They can get out there and don't have to worry about all that stuff. Won't get the hat blown off their head. <laughs> so, uh, no, they'll have a good day. It'll be a fantastic day. The crowd will be uh, having a terrific time, and I think there'll be plenty of entertainment going on after the last two. And, Chris, so what fascinator are you going with on Saturday? Jeez, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think my head's big enough to even get a fascinator on. It's <laughs> pretty small, it. so yeah. they have to, yeah, they'll have to get a uh, baby-sized one for me, I think. Yeah, Queensland <laughs> is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Chris Nelson, good luck on the weekend. Thanks, Sats. Have a great weekend. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.